We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Transformative Principal, episode 208. I'm excited for this conversation with Meredith Allen. We talk about music, which my mom and grandma would say I should be talking more about. (laughs) but I don't. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Meredith Allen. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode, boy, episode 208. Man, time is flying and I'm excited to have Meredith Allen on. Meredith, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Now, I've got a little bio in the show notes that people can check out at transformativeprinciple.org. But in your own words, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing and your background? Yeah, definitely. I was a classroom teacher, am a classroom teacher of uh, uh, music education was my my passion. I did that for nine years. And then I I left the, the K-12 school that I was teaching at uh, to become a technology, well, an instructional technology consultant for uh, Iowa, AEA. Uh, one of the largest in the state, very rural. And I was on a team of about four, well, there's five of us on that team. And we served about 47 different school districts during the two years that I was there. And it was during that time I had um, an opportunity to do some research on some tech tools. uh, And I stumbled on Soundtrap, which is now my current position. I'm an accounts manager and uh, just a general audio in the classroom evangelist for, for a, a Sweden uh, startup company now, Soundtrap. 
<laughs> awesome. So sounds like you've had a lot of fun, diverse experiences. And one of the things that I'm really interested in is really the, obviously the power of using audio for learning since I do a podcast and have been for the last four years. But in addition to that, really the idea of being able to, I mean, music is just such a powerful thing in so many ways. And people like live their lives based on the music that they enjoy. And if we can somehow tap into that with our kids, I, I just feel like we should be able to do amazing things with that. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. When I was in the classroom, it was, it was very interesting because traditionally I had learned music or I, I should say I learned music very traditionally. I had a teacher that was in the front of the room. I went to lessons Heaven forbid I didn't pra I didn't practice that week or I would get scolded. And you play those notes exactly on the correct way that it's printed. And then I went to college and I got to to definitely kind of expand a little bit and realize, you know, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, having your teacher tell you what to do. And then through my teaching, I learned way more about giving the students some more ownership on their creating. And then that's just kind of blossomed more and more definitely through my, my soundtrap endeavor, but it's interesting. And I, I say this over and over. I wish I could go back now to the classroom after I've seen all of these rock star teachers doing exactly what I should have been doing in, in the classroom back in the day where the kids would, um, where I, I didn't have rules and, and, and I, I should give them an opportunity to kind of take that seed that's in their head and, and expand on it and support them through that. And it's interesting because that same thing has, has now applied to how I, I form professional development with teachers and, and giving them the seed and letting them go, go and, and figure out where they need to grow and, and flourish. And funny thing, students are teachers and teachers are students and it, it transforms definitely. But with the music piece, we see it everywhere in all of our lives and we hear it in elevator music and, and going places and our lives would be sad, super sad without it. And, and it does play a very important role that we just kind of forget about because it's just an assumption that music is there and we kind of take it for granted. Yeah, I, I really think we do. Uh, I was in one of my teacher's classrooms the other day and she is a um, she does operas in the summer and is very musically inclined and is a composer. And she rewrote the words to the Cupid shuffle and she's a social studies teacher to be the geography shuffle so that, <laughs> and then she taught the kids the dance and the words to go along with it. And, you know, I was in that classroom and just the energy and excitement that was there. I mean, of course the kids knew it was cheesy and knew that it was not, you know, not what they probably would have done until midnight the night before, but it was what their teacher did and they were totally into it. And even the kids who are too cool for school were learning the moves and learning the lyrics. And it was just so amazing to see that, that level of engagement and excitement about what they were doing. And it's a simple thing, but it really, like you said, it's just a seed, but when given a little bit of water and good soil, then it can become truly amazing. What are some of the things that you've seen teachers do that have just been that little seed and now is something amazing? Oh, so one that just pops out of my head is uh, John Churchville is a music educator out of Michigan. And I had the opportunity to meet him face to face this summer now a couple of times. But before that, I had seen on Twitter what he had been 
doing in his classroom. And, and, you know, it's hard to kind of hear the story via Twitter. And so he explained the process to me when we had a conversation, but he has a, uh, the band was, I think, go like the wind band. And, uh, they were a class that met, I think every day in a school, it was very much, um, you know, similar to our situations where they had, you know, X amount of minutes for music time. And instead of going through a curriculum or, you know, a set standards and and following a recipe, he asked the kids, he would sit down with them and say, okay, let's make a song. And, and the kids would look at him like, what do you mean? I I don't know how to make a song. And he'll say, no, do you have an idea or a rhythm or a melody or even just a lyric that you have in your head? And as soon as he started giving some examples of just how simple of a, of a piece he was trying to get from them, they'd be like, oh yeah, I thought about this, like da, 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 da rhythm the other day. And he's like, okay, let's expand on that. And he would sit down at the piano with them and, and just for one, he listened, which was huge, but two, he, he kind of helped guide them through pulling out more of what they had inside them. And then by the end, they had a song. I mean, it, it took, you know, several weeks or months to to come up with their song and and add in all the pieces. But what was huge and what I saw on Twitter after the fact was a finished, essentially a CD the class had had, had created and they sold it for a, like a fundraiser for the school. And each of the songs on there were complete originals by the kids. And it came from them and, and they... It was their name on there. And so it was super, I mean, he's, he's doing amazing things with just giving the kids that that personal um, ownership on their, on their music creation. Wow. That's amazing. Hopefully they're still selling that and it's in iTunes or something so that we can uh, put that link in the show notes and, and support them by doing that. What I love about that is that it's creating something real for kids and, not just saying like, okay, I'm going to teach you this thing and then you can perform for your classmates or at a concert later, but like giving them a real audience that, that is people that have never heard of them before. People who are listening to this, like I want to go buy that CD right now just to have it and support kids who are doing cool things. Right. Right. I know. I know. It's, it's way better than like, um, we have butter braids around here. We buy, we buy food for fundraisers. Let's, let's get, Let's get something that, you know, grandma and grandpa can pop in and say, that's, you know, that's my grandchild and and connect to the world. Yeah, that is so powerful. You know, I, I think about times when I've been really motivated to learn things and, and do things. And when I've seen it in kids and we did something similar in my previous school, we made a, a podcast that I've spoken about a couple of times on this podcast, but it was something that I knew how to do. So it was easy for me to expand that to my kids. And, you know, I just put it out there. Anybody who wants to make a podcast, come, come meet with me. And there were about 10 kids or so who were interested. And so we made a daily quote podcast and that's in the iTunes store. And well, I hope it's still in the iTunes store. (laughs) I wonder if they'll, they'll keep paying that bill. Probably not, but, but it's there in the iTunes store and the kids, you know, took part. They, we, they found a student who could play an intro song for it. That was, we believe an original that he wrote and he um, played it on his guitar for us. And then the kids did all the work around that. And it was just really exciting to see that. And so their self-confidence and their excitement about learning really grew through that experience. And, you know, just the idea of giving kids something real to do is, is very powerful. So 
I want to talk a little bit about when you were an educator and the instructional technology coordinator and what those experiences looked like. And, and if you could go back now, or if you were coaching someone now, what, since you've learned so much, what advice would you give on how to, how to improve things in the classroom with kids when we've got all these millions of things pushing down on us? How do you really focus and take the time to do things like what John Churchville does? Mm, Yeah. So first I, I, you know, if I'm having a conversation with a teacher that I don't want to say that I think they should be doing things different because I was that teacher. And so I know that, that first and foremost, you have to be really careful with, with the conversation and how you, you kind of frame it, but hopefully through, through getting to know them and know, and, and knowing their kids and their situation, you can draw from them opportunities for the kids to own the learning. And that can look different in any classroom. It could be so much as the student might get to teach the class one day. If that's their, you know, if you have that one kid in the back that just wants to be the center of attention and you're struggling with classroom management and, and, and it's because this kid won't be quiet, let him have the stage because he, he or she needs that right there. And so that would give that student an opportunity. Maybe it looks like, you know, having an audience for the work instead of assigning a paper, you know, three page paper about X, Y, and Z, let's find somebody that could benefit from the information that these students will be compiling and then give it to them. It could be, you know, a website for the community in some regard. And I think because I've just seen so much success with that. And, and I, like I said, I was, I was not that teacher. I was the, the teacher that did things the way that I thought we were supposed to do them because that's what we've done for 50 years. And so I've been on that side of things. And, and yes, my kids loved coming band because it was banned. You know, it, it was, it was fun. And, and I tried to make it, you know, personal and fun that way. But I, I really, I didn't go outside of my classroom much. We, we did the concert uh, for mom and dad, which is, I guess, a built-in authentic audience. But sure. there was a moment when, when I was, uh, when I was teaching, uh, we did a, a piece called Junk Funk at the concert, and it was a combined band. Fifth grade got to play with Big Brothers in the high school. You know, it was all the kids together, and they played on garbage cans. And I posted it on YouTube, and I put it on our Facebook page, which I did all of our concerts just to cover my bases as far as parents. And uh, so, if they were gone or had to work or whatnot, they could still hear and see their kid perform. And a couple of days later, I got an email from Kevin Mixon, who happened to be the composer of Junk Funk, who I had no idea even you know, was, he must've Googled my name to find my email because he found the video through YouTube. And, and the email just said, you guys are doing great things. Keep on going. You know, this is an attaboy email, really enjoyed your performance. Just tell the kids and, and kids tell your teacher, just keep doing what you're doing. And, and when I read that email to the kids, cause I was super excited. Like I was as a director, that's, yeah. like, that's like, awesome. Like the composer reached out to us and said, good job. And so I, I read the email to my, my band kids that Monday morning and the look on their face was, I will never forget it. And I get goosebumps every time I tell the story, but their faces just changed completely. Their demeanor, you know, they, their shoulders went back and they, they, their eyes got big and and they realized that they had connected to somebody kind of on a, on a big level and, and in New York city, wherever he, you know, in New York where he lived and it wasn't just mom and dad. And that was one of those turning points uh, that I knew, okay, I've got to break down these walls. I've got to get these connections to these kids past just local little Iowa. 
and just in our little tiny community. I need to connect them to the world because that's that's what calls to them. And that's what we need in this society now. We have the technology that connects people. And so they're going to be expected to know and and be able to communicate with and work with people all over the world. So we need to start young. And and that was one of those moments where I was just like, okay, yep, this is what we should be doing. And so as a as a coach, I always try to think back to that uh, that moment where I need my teachers to have that moment. I need to help them create that energy in the room so they see the buy-in for changing their instruction. Yeah, that is that is truly powerful. So instead of, you know, saying this is what you should be doing, you say how do we get that moment to happen where you feel the difference? How do you create that especially with somebody who you know, isn't really interested in, in making that connection. I'll let you think about that answer for just a second. So how do you create that opportunity for them? And just share some of my experiences where, you know, I've been able to rub shoulders with amazing people. And, you know, I'm just some guy who's doing this from my basement in Fairbanks, Alaska. And, and I'm able to connect with amazing people because I'm reaching out and because I'm connected and there's no reason why our kids can't do that as well. And they will have that opportunity. And if we teach them how to do it appropriately now, then they're going to do things that we could never even imagine right now when they get older and become our age. So how do you help create those opportunities with the teachers that you're working with? Okay. So a couple of thoughts there. Uh, if, if they're open, you know, you'd mentioned like being connected And if they're open to the idea of Twitter, that was one of those pieces that was huge for me because it was like, I think I I heard one of my friends say yesterday in a, in an interview, like Twitter is all about having somebody better than you, some pushing you. I, I can't remember how he worded it, but he said, I go on Twitter and there's always somebody that's doing it better than me. And so it makes me push myself as an educator. It, it, you don't live in that little small world. Like I'm doing the best there is because there's not ever a best. You should always be just trying to go for the next step. But I, you know, with teachers, I'm, I'm trying to get them connected on Twitter and, and maybe it starts with Facebook and, and that's totally okay. There's some great Facebook discussion groups out there. Uh, it's whatever they're comfortable with, uh, as far as the technology goes, but to get them in some spaces to be inspired and, and maybe just, they might not be contributing, but just reading through the threads and, and starting to get some ideas about, oh, so-and-so said this. Maybe maybe I could kind of change what I've been doing for the last 26 years to do this or whatever. Uh, the second piece that's really been important to me is, you know, we talk about technology integration and how to shift from just, you know, a lot of people say, Sam, are, you know, you want to get from the substitution to the, through the steps and end on the redefinition, but really true to cut which if you're not familiar with is an amazing tool for starting some conversations about where your technology is and how it can affect your teaching as far as real learning, impactful learning opportunities for the kids. And so it's a um, question, it's framed with questions. And and so you can just start with one or two questions. and, And, you know, one of them is like off the top of my head, who is the primary driver of the use of technology in your classroom? And then you would answer teacher, student, or both. Well, if you have one of those teachers that, you know, doesn't use, you know, or uses technology only for PowerPoints at the front of the room, they can't answer that question. You know, they have to circle teacher. 
And then at that point, you can go back and you can review and say, okay, now talk to me about this answer. And then they'll talk to you and say, yeah, okay, so do you think that, you know, the the technology should be more in the hands of the kids a little bit more? I mean, it kind of just, it gets them talking about, oh, well, maybe I could, yeah, yep, you're right. I am the primary driver. That's probably not the best, the best situation. So that's been huge. And then obviously with um, any time that I'm working with teachers, I have to provide support to them. And it might be, you know, I might be coming into a district and doing a professional development where I see them for 45 minutes and I, and I don't see them again face to face ever because the district has hired me in, but I always leave with the tools that they need to continue on. And then, and obviously that continued open door of, of being a support to them. But so many times I've sat through uh, professional development situations where I've been taught at and the trainer or the administrator leaves and the teachers are looking at each other thinking, okay, now what? I don't know the next step. I don't know how to do this. And so I would say those three steps are kind of my recipe for getting teachers successfully moving teachers in the right direction. So tell me that Trudicott, what is, yeah. So spell that for me. I don't, (laughs) yep. It's a, it's a crazy name and I, I, I love it for it because it doesn't mean anything other than what, what I think it's like an ap- apricot, but sweeter. Uh, but Trudicot is T-R-U-D-A-C-O-T. And it was a, it's a, like I said, a discussion protocol. It was created by my, uh, a leader that I had once, Scott McLeod, amazing, amazing educator, inspirational person, definitely have on your radar. And then Julie Graber helped uh, create that tool together a few years back. And it's my go-to. It really is. Now that I know how to spell it, I found it. Go yeah. to the show notes at transformativeprincipal.org. And of course, Scott McLeod has a page on Dangerously Irrelevant about that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So that's a easy, easy place to go to get all of that. So I want to go back a little bit to where you, where you talked about being connected and uh, you said something that uh, you quoted somebody else said, I go on Twitter and there's always somebody doing it better. And so that pushes me to do it better myself. Now we live in a world where usually, you know, we go on social media and see that everybody's perfect. And then we start feeling badly that we're not perfect. And I love how you phrase that because it's so powerful that seeing other people do better can and should inspire you to do better. And that's certainly how it works for me. I don't feel ineffective or like a loser because I'm not doing it as good as someone else. I think, man, if that person can do it, I can certainly do it. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. So I should be able to do something that cool also. So that mindset, I think, is just so important of seeing other things and letting them inspire you instead of choosing to be discouraged because you're seeing other people do great things. Yeah. And and with Twitter, you know, usually the practice is that people share what they're doing you know, they'll showcase what they're doing, but then they'll also provide the resource or resources to do it your in your own classroom, which that's a win-win. You know, you see, you have somebody already test the waters like, yeah, that, that worked in their classroom. So it's probably going to work in mine. And they've already done the hard work as far as the template or the, the right steps involved or whatnot. And they, and they oftentimes link all of the resources right there. Yeah, that is, that is definitely amazing. And I love that aspect of Twitter, especially. 
Um, I would like to change gears a little bit and talk about the work you're doing with Soundtrap right now and and what that looks like. We've gotten a lot of your historical work, but but what are you doing at Soundtrap that is exciting and that we need to know about as educators? Okay, so yeah, um, I'm going to back up just a little bit for when I when I found Soundtrap and I was okay. doing <laughs> I was doing some research for a, a presentation and you know educators often do this they they submit for a presentation to like, you know, be a speaker and then they get accepted and then they do the work as far as the research for what they're going to do the topic on. So that's what had happened to me. I was like, oh, I am apparently speaking on global collaborations with music. I should probably find out what that looks like. And so I went online and I was doing some research and I found some great, you know, like the playing for change and, and just some others and, and Soundtrap was on there. And I was like, what is this? This is, this is interesting. I clicked on there and I, and I watched their video, which I still use in almost all of my presentations because it was a, a moment. I, I started it not knowing like what I was clicking on. And two minutes later, I'm bawling because I saw the potential of where our, our audio recording music creation can be. I didn't realize that our technology was this far. And this was, a, like I said, a couple of years ago. So in a nutshell, Soundtrap is what GarageBand does, but we've put it in the cloud and it's collaborative. So I think GarageBand, Google Docs had a baby and it's Soundtrap. And, and, and you, um, you can, and then you can, even, yeah, no, right. Uh, you can even add in a, a Skype component. There's a, you know, when you collaborate, you can video chat with people right in the platform, text chat right there. Uh, and so essentially you can create audio anywhere from any device at any time. And that was amazing to me. Like I said, small town, Iowa, my kids, some of them don't ever even leave the county in their life, let alone the state or the country. And so if a teacher has an opportunity to use tools like Soundtrap to connect their kids to the world, I was all in. I was like, okay, this, this is it. And, and I remember telling Scott, cause Scott was my, my leader at the time. And I was like, Scott, look at, I found this company. They're going to give me some free seats and I'm going to use it with my maker spaces when we go into schools. And he was like, awesome. You keep doing it. You're doing great. And that that's one of his, you know, amazing ways of being a leader is that he, he did give me that freedom. And, and I ran with it. Little did I know that it was going to turn into what it has turned into, but I can now say that I work my dream job. I have my music education background. I've got my technology background. I get to be high energy and evangelize something I'm super passionate about, which I enjoy. Um, and so now, yeah, I've, I've gotten the opportunity to be full-time with the company and really immerse myself in this world of audio recording. I didn't realize that there were non-music educators using the tool until several months later. And that's actually our biggest user base is, you know, podcasting, commercials, foreign language lessons, just tons of like teachers using it for that piece that we talked about earlier with giving the kids the reins and creating, and then the ability to share it out so easily. So your audience, like we talked about that CD, it's three clicks and you've now published an original piece or original podcast or a story that you had written with cool background music to Twitter. And your audience has now grown to thousands versus just one teacher before. So that's amazing. Kinda, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> that is very cool. So what are some of the ways that people are using this and how do we see some of the examples of what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So 
we spoke a little bit about John Churchville earlier, and he was using it pretty much just within his classroom. And he was having the kids collaborate within the classroom with each other. So they would create songs and one kid might be playing the piano, but then another kid could go home and record the drums uh, because he preferred his drum set at home and they could still be working on it and not just have to do it within the school setting. So a lot of teachers are doing it in that, in that way where they're using it for group projects so the kids can keep creating at home. I've seen, you know, lots of teachers using the ability to collaborate with the teacher and the student. So let's say a student has a, an audio recording of their biggest takeaway from the story that they read recently, and they've recorded the quick snippet, you know, very, very much like Flipgrid-esque, but then having the opportunity for this teacher to add their own track uh, with instead of writing down the notes, she could just do she or he could just do a quick record of their response, and this would make for it's like flipping the classroom. And so the teacher can add comments and and collaborate with the student and not have to be in that same space. So it just it it makes it super easy to use in that regard. We have schools connecting with each other. So my favorite that I like to showcase is is the Minnesota and Haiti connection that we have. I have a teacher in Minnesota working with a teacher in Haiti, and they've connected their kids using Soundtrap to create um, original music. And it actually expanded so much that I believe one of one of the classes is going, uh, at least the teacher is going to go and visit the other teacher. And so they've made this connection that can never you know, be taken away. Um, we have Texas collaborating with Maine. We have Florida uh, collaborating with California. We have Canada collaborating with Wales. That one was really cool because that was uh, not music. That was just a podcast. And uh, the students, again, student driven, they got to decide the topic. And then they had conversations like you and I are having right now. But during the school day, you know, we have New Brunswick, Canada kids talking with South Wales about something they're passionate about, which that, I mean, this is talk about 21st century skills. They're going to have to do this in their real, you know, when they, when they get older. So yeah, just lots yeah. of great things. Oh. Well, that's awesome. And it's so exciting to see how many different applications there can be when you, when you let the kids drive and when you, you know, basically get out of the way and let them do their own creative things. It's, it's just incredible. So the final question that I have to ask is what is one thing that, principals can do this week to be a transformative leader like you are, Meredith? So, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that one. And uh, I think from, <laughs> I get that me, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm in a principal's shoes right now. And it's, you know, is it Tuesday today? Wednesday? I don't know. Uh, All day. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. And so by Friday, I would hope that I would be having some really great conversations with my teachers celebrating what they're doing, the the good things that they're doing and encouraging them to keep doing those things and supporting them in those endeavors. And that will, I don't want to ignore, you know, the, the people that might not be doing the best in the, in the school. But I believe that, that if you're celebrating the good, transformative, innovative, forward thinking work in your school, that's going to get, that's going to ignite and it's going to become contagious and, and hopefully big picture, everybody jumps on board, but I, that that's my one, my one, like have a, have a conversation, celebrate, share the great things that the teachers are doing in the classroom right now. 
Yeah, that's that's great advice. And definitely we need to do more of that to be sure. So uh, Meredith, how do people uh, connect with you, learn more about you and about Soundtrap? Yeah, so Soundtrap uh, is soundtrap.com uh, slash edu for our education platform. Uh, that's a great place to start. I, I have a personal blog, org, And then uh, we also have a, an, a Soundtrap blog, which I, I write for sometimes and others do as well. And that's um, edu. Uh, gosh, it's the edu blog. Put you on the spot. Soundtrap.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's great because that's that's one of those pieces with the support. It's like, okay, soundtrap.com, yeah, that's that's where you go, but where's the support? And so the blog is kind of where we where we try to provide the the articles and the resources and the tools. Um just recently we're starting two projects, one of them being we're trying to connect more classrooms and have kind of a dating a dating page or a site of some kind we're going to build so teachers can can find each other that have soundtrap and are using it they can they can easily more easily reach out to each other so i'm super pumped about that and that's linked on the on the edu blog.soundtrap.com cool very cool well meredith thank you so much it's been awesome and uh really appreciate you coming on the show today yeah thank you so much for having me it's been great And thank you, everybody, for listening to Transformative Principle. You can find the show notes at transformativeprinciple.org. And we've got links to the things she talked about today, including the junk funk soundtrack. If you wouldn't mind, take a moment and share this podcast with your friends. They don't have to be music educators. They can just be interested in connecting kids and getting kids to do real things. Thanks so much for listening to Transformative Principle. Thank you so much for listening to that conversation. And I really want to reiterate what she said about having great conversations with the best teachers. That really does make a difference. And when you surround yourself by those people who are amazing, you get inspired and have hope and are excited for what things can happen. So thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra helper intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.